0: RV Miles is brought to you by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean believes the more time you spend outside together, the better. That's why they design products that make it easier to take longer walks, have deeper talks, and never worry about the weather. Discover clothing, outerwear, footwear, and gear made for every type of adventure, with the outside built right in. Because on the inside, we're all outsiders. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. This week, is Los Angeles really RV-friendly? Pumping gas at an all-too-small gas station? What's up with grumpy snowbirds? And we break down our top resources for finding the best campgrounds. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 134 of rv miles i'm jason
1: and i'm abby and we are two full-time travelers who along with our boys jack ethan and henry crisscross north america on one epic road trip each week we talk all things rv and outdoors from travel destinations to gear industry news our national parks and a whole lot more
0: we come to you this week from beautiful tucson arizona where we're staying at probably the nicest campground we've ever stayed at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might not be saying much, but we, we're, <laughs> we're at the Lazy Days KOA. I don't even know. <laughs> Look,
1: what day is it? What time is it? Where are we? I'm super confused by everything happening right now. I We're in this really beautiful campground. We're here for the Full-Time Families Southwest Rally. So we're going to be here for the week in Tucson uh we pulled another 11 hour travel day yesterday
0: oh.
1: uh it is monday this is coming out a little bit late because of the travel day we J- had
0: quite the weekend
1: jason hasn't been to bed since saturday night
0: <laughs> it, 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 and it is uh it's- it is, is Monday happening? late afternoon.
1: Who what is our life right now? <laughs> so I was at the Walmarts at 630 this morning because this family needed some bread was and wrong some milk. With you.
0: Okay, so here's the deal. Let's 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 take this back. We left Los <laughs> Angeles yesterday. Okay. And <laughs> for some reason, and I will totally admit Abby was right all along, all right. Abby thought it was a 500 mile drive, 500 something mile Mm -hmm, drive. And and I looked it up and I'm like, no, it's not. It's like 350. Oh, it's fine. It's going to be a piece of cake. No,
1: you thought it was 315, 315.
0: I was wrong. I was way wrong. And I didn't realize I was wrong. And Abby just, you know, she assumed, because I was literally looking at Google Maps. I must have been, there must be a Tucson in another state.
1: Uh, There must be. so. I am, <laughs> or
0: it was like airplane miles or something. Right, I as
1: know. the as the crow flies, is that what they yes. say? And so, I I knew too that we were again jumping a time zone. We yeah, have jumped too. so many time zones in the last two weeks. I feel like I I just feel like I've been run over by a dump truck. You know that there's this line in the Lord of the Rings that I use all the time. I just, I think Bilbo says it to Gandalf. Okay. And he says to Gandalf, I'm paraphrasing. I just need to throw that out there. But he says something like, I feel like butter spread too thinly over a piece of bread or something along that. Or I'm, I'm, I'm bread that's got butter too thinly spread on it. It's it, it a Look, Bill, it was look,
0: better the first time. Yeah, look, I think leave it alone with that.
1: Bilbo's just saying he's tired <laughs> and he's spread too thin and the Sackville Bagginses are driving him nuts. Well, okay? here's the deal.
0: I mean, this is, we get into this situation every time. We stay with friends or family. We essentially move out of our RV and move in with them for the week. And we did Bless that, those people. Bless them. Uh, this particular time, uh, Abby's brother's family. They don't have a place where we can park the trailer. So even if we wanted to stay, their driveway is just not long enough No, for us to stay in. Uh, so we had to store the RV anyway.
1: But it was only about 10 minutes away, which was right. closer than the last time. The last time we had to store it all the way out in Joshua Tree. But it
0: seems so easy that you just <laughs> pack a couple suitcases and you go. We are not good at that. No, we're and we so haul, bad. And, but we also haul podcast equipment yeah. and stuff. There's all kinds of stuff <laughs> like, that goes with us. How, <laughs> a million stuffed animals.
1: How many people do you know who come visit you for a week and bring all their podcasting equipment? <laughs> who bring multiple laptops? Who essentially look at you and be like, I am here to visit you for a week. I'm also going to be working a full-time job. And I'm going to record three podcasts
0: while I'm here. Okay, great. And thanks. And we did... An, we were absolutely terrible at our jobs last week. We, oh, we were awful. We did no work. Uh, I apologize
1: across
0: <laughs> the board. We were All Our podcasts were late.
1: <laughs> everything was late. I mean, it was a hot mess and we were staying up really late. We were letting the kids stay up really late. There was something about being on Pacific coast time. It feels like everyone we work with and our, you know, interact with in our work life is on either central or East coast time. Yeah. And I think anyone who is a digital nomad who travels around or who is working, even if you work, you know, from here in the States, but you're working international business and you're dealing with partners who are on completely different time zones than you. It is cray cray. I feel so confused. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. We have to go live tonight on Facebook. We're gonna be <laughs> the most insane people ever, and then that's gonna be captured forever.
0: Well, let us let, let's, let's finish what our did. So <laughs> yesterday, we get up. Our plan is to leave by nine. We've that's never worked, but our we plan is to leave. we were getting so
1: good at it. We were doing it,
0: but we had to haul everything out of that house and over Ugh. to the RV, pack the RV up, and we were very bad about it. We didn't pay attention. And this is, I think, a very important lesson. When you stop and don't use your RV, it is easy to forget to check everything.
1: Yeah. Even when you don't use it for nine days and you just move somewhere else and we, then you come back. We
0: moved the RV. We drove 500 miles with a computer sitting on a table.
1: Well, it didn't stay on the table. And
0: it fell off the table. It didn't. Um,
1: now, thankfully, I plugged it in last night and it's a, um, a Mac uh, Table. So it wasn't like desktop. Thank you. It's a Mac table. Uh, But it was the kids. It's their school computer. It's their computer. And uh, thankfully it's fine. Cause Oh my goodness. I did not want to have to tell Jack that he lost everything on GarageBand. This is
0: just a few days after I bought a new laptop because my screen broke.
1: Yes. Yes. So thankfully that's
0: fine. But we, so we had this big, we didn't realize that it was a 500 plus mile day until i put the directions into the gps in the truck right and then we're like oh uh, this is gonna be a long day Um, right
1: what we had for dinner last night is almost too embarrassing to tell on this podcast but we're all friends so we'll just do it (laughs) uh we had for dinner let's see henry had a bag of goldfish (laughs) Ethan had a bag of goldfish. Jack had a bag of Cheez-Its. You and I had a bag of those really fancy potato chips. And uh, I think we also had some Ritz crackers with cheese.
0: It was real bad, guys. It was real bad.
1: It was bad. It It was was from the gas station. We stopped for fuel and it was, okay, do we stop again? We're 120 miles out. People are hungry. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to go in and get some stuff. And then it was so late that they had already put anything that was hot or fresh away. So I was left to scrounge up meals over in the chip aisle.
0: And we were in Phoenix at that point. So it was it's not like we could just pull off into some parking lot because it's too urban. Anyway. We got to this campground way late. It was like 9.30 or later when we pulled up. Yeah, We weren't finished setting up until 10.30.
1: Well, so I'm in here doing stuff. I'm not even looking at the time. And the kids have been kind of outside playing and they were so happy because it's just this nice little pad that they could play on. And there's a lemon tree and they're all, oh. And the next thing I know, Jack's like, mom, it's like 11. (laughs) And I go, what? He says, Yeah, mom, it's like eleven. Oh, I said, Oh my gosh, please come inside and immediately start getting ready for bad. But
0: oh, I it was bad. I had so much work to do. I had to record a podcast. I had two, <laughs> so, two podcasts to do and I only did one of them. Uh and yeah. I had a whole bunch of reports I had to do. So I I pulled an all nighter. I was up all night long you last are, night. I haven't I, done that since High 22. I don't even
1: know when. <laughs> See, I mean, this is not something that's very normal for us. I think that we are a little overly excited about being back on the road, and perhaps we were a little overly ambitious about everything that we wanted to do. Or we should just... have
0: stopped. We should have not traveled 500 miles, obviously. We should have stopped somewhere halfway well, uh, the night before.
1: We've logged over 2,000 miles in what? Two and a half, three weeks? Yeah. Three weeks, something like that. I, that's a it's a lot of miles when you have to have life mixed in inside of all of that. Like, it's not like we're just not on vacation. And that's fine. We, this is, you know, we stayed up last night because that's what we had to do. You know, that's just what had to be done. You yeah. stayed up all night. I think I was up and till you two. you
0: crazily woke up at like five in the morning <laughs> and decided you were done sleeping. I, well, what I What were just... you up to? <laughs> I felt
1: guilty that you were out here. Oh, <laughs> I know you. And I just kept waking up and I was like, oh my gosh, he's still out there working. Oh my gosh, he's still well, out there I working. I tried
0: to come I tried to come work in bed last oh, night. Oh, don't
1: talk to me about that. I You, you were, what, you I was were not like happy.
0: huffing and puffing and like uh, so, covering your face with the pillow. She and said
1: you brought the laptop.
0: My back was hurting into, so bad from sitting okay, in this
1: bench. You bring a bright laptop at three o'clock in the morning into the bedroom of a
0: person who's barely been asleep for two hours.
1: And then I have to hear.
0: (laughs) I, I left pretty quickly Yeah,
1: because I couldn't, I couldn't find words, but I, Figured my actions could speak yeah. louder. You do that a lot. <laughs> so you I use
0: words a lot too. I but.
1: <laughs> so I did. I I think I I rolled over. I mean I remember I rolled over, and then I was like, I can't believe it's so bright here. Should
0: we start this episode or what? <laughs> We talk about other I
1: know you don't want to talk about how you so we're, how we're you got at in trouble. this
0: full-time families rally. This is our first rally. We've been members of full-time families for a while. This is our first rally with them. We're not really rally people. We don't know if we are or not. We don't this know if we're our, rally people. We'll We've see. never been to a rally. Uh, it's it's fun so far. I mean, this is just the first day. Uh, so we'll talk about this, I'm sure, a lot next week. But
1: Yeah, and hopefully um, we'll get to talk to a few people that are here, yeah. too. That's my hope.
0: I wanted to start off the show here. You know, fifteen minutes in now, <laughs> with a couple isn't listener it, questions.
1: Isn't it time to take a break? We said this was going to be a short episode, too.
0: Yeah. Who said that?
1: Uh, I say that every single. You say week. that every
0: single week, and they all week. end up the same length. Yes. Uh, Tim wants to know uh, if slide supports are a good idea if you're parked somewhere long term. Uh, slide supports are a, a basically like a stabilizing jack, like you have under. A trailer that goes underneath your slide and helps hold it up. I guess. Uh, so, so it might seem like it's a good idea if you're long term to give that slide some extra support. Uh, now, no manufacturer whatsoever recommends that you use slide supports. The reason being, and it's actually worse if you're long time somewhere, is that as the RV settles, the weight gets pushed onto those supports and it will mess up your slide. It can take it off the track. It can uh, do worse damage to it. It can, you know, it can make the box out of shape. Really bad idea. So there's no reason for anybody to buy slide supports unless you have a slide that's falling apart and needs some support. And if
1: that's the case, you're going to need a little bit
0: more than a support. Slides, when slides first came out in RVs, they came with supports, they had supports built in. So a lot of people are still interested in using them because they remember using them before. But the way the mechanics of slides are designed now, you should absolutely never use a support underneath your slide. Now,
1: to this person's credit for asking, how many times have I said to you since we bought this, do you think the slide's gonna hold up? Oh is, the, is the slide strong enough?
0: Well, you there, don't I have believe this- me. The slide is built <laughs> on an angle. Our slide and they're not all built the same, but our slide is built at an angle. So the track is at an angle. So as it comes out, it also moves down at a slight angle. The roof is at an angle so that water can run off of it. You think there's something wrong with it?
1: I <laughs> every have time you look this, at this, I have this <laughs> irrational fear that if we all sit in the slide section, all of us, all five of us. That the trailer is going to tip, and we're all going to it's going to be upended, the slide's going to be on the ground, the wheels are going to be sideways, and we are going to essentially tip our trailer over. That is the irrational fear I have when we sit down to eat dinner. I think to myself is today the day
0: she also is can't today- <laughs> handle being in the trailer without the stabilizers down no she i can't I'm afraid it's going to tip rock over back and forth and tip I over. do. Let alone th- it goes down the highway without tipping over. Yeah, but I'm not but- in
1: it. And it's, it is it is <laughs> stabilized by the hitch. The hitch is doing its job. When you take the hitch off and there are no stabilizer jacks down and it's in here rocking, I swear I think I'm going to be like that scene in Johnny Dangerously where his brother goes off the road in his little 1920s car and he's flipping down the hill and he's like, oh my God. Like that's literally what I think in my head. And if anyone knows the this movie, we're soulmates. Uh, I don't. I know. Um, I know you also, don't. What's some of Michael Keaton's so, so best work? Some of Michael Keaton's best work.
0: <laughs> your trailer's not going to tip over <laughs> without <this. laughs>
1: I want to throw out really quick because we need to go to a break. But
0: before we do, I got another question.
1: Okay. But before you ask your question, then somebody, I was checking Facebook while you were talking about slides. And somebody in the RV Miles Facebook group literally just asked, "What's where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? I heard you guys had a crazy day into Tucson." Yeah. And I wrote, "We are legit recording it right now."
0: Do you want to get over here and record it instead of being on Facebook? Be a good idea.
1: So Diana, I saw you. I see you. We're working on it. You're the best. All right.
0: <laughs> okay. Question two. Amy wants to know what the legal classes of RVs of class A, class B, class C, what do those mean legally? Uh, and the answer is absolutely nothing.
1: Class awesome.
0: Those are industry terms. Class bodacious. Uh, they, they don't, they're not affected by the law. And I wonder if you class have. Class
1: cool. Okay. I uh, can't stop, believe.
0: stop, stop, just stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I have not slept <laughs> I cannot start, your, with your, fine. start right your
1: question over again no 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 no, no, no. start your question over again I'll stay out of it
0: Amy wants to know what the difference between class A class B and class C is legally if there is any legal implication to the different uh, classes of RVs I there is no there's nothing legal to it there it is a there are industry terms only and in fact the industry uh, Because there's confusion with class A and B and C driver's license, which I think might, I don't know, might be where your question uh, uh, originates, but um, those have nothing to do with it either. And uh, because there is some confusion there, the industry actually uses the words type A, type B, and type C, even though we all call them class A, class B, and class C.
1: But that sounds Um, like you have a condition.
0: But- just very quickly and clearly, a Class A is an RV that is built entirely uh, manufactured. So the, the chassis, everything is manufactured. You might think it's you know an RV that's bus shaped, and that's usually true. But technically, uh, it just means that it's, it's manufactured from the ground up. Um, the chassis are specifically designed for a, a motorhome. A class B is a camper van, so it is a RV built into a van uh, without modifying much the external shape of the van. A class C is a cutaway van chassis, so usually they actually they don't actually cut the cut the body of the van away. Usually the van comes that way to them at the uh, uh, at the assembly plant, but not always. And uh they basically build a house section onto a a van or a truck chassis that already exists from one of the major vehicle manufacturers like Mercedes Ford or Ram. Uh and that's it. There are some other weird ones like the B Plus, which is technically a C. A B plus is like kind of looks like a class B, but it's a little bit wider, a little bit taller doesn't have that overhang bed over the front and that's that's it's technically a c even though they call it a b plus so nothing legal about it just an industry term uh that's what they are all right break time
1: break time
0: we'll be back in two and two
1: have you been considering a harvest host membership with 2020 in full swing, now is the perfect time to become a Harvest Hosts member and start enjoying access to a network of over 900 wineries, farms, breweries, museums, and other unique attractions that invite RVers to visit and stay overnight. To save 15% on your Harvest Host membership, head over to rvmiles.com/harvesthosts. That's 15% off a Harvest Host membership for RV Miles listeners over at rvmiles.com slash Harvest Hosts.
0: It's time for the answer to last week's Brain Teaser, which was a set of riddles that all share a common theme, right? What do you call a cow that is laying down? What do you call a pig that loses a tug of war? What do you call a sheep's appendage? What do you call a pig with an ax? And the answers are all types of meat. So a cow that is laying down is ground beef. A pig that loses a tug of war is pulled pork. A sheep's appendage is a leg of lamb. And a pig with an ax is a pork chop.
1: I'll have what he's having.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we wanted to remind you to head over to our Teespring store. Teespring makes custom t-shirts and all kinds of other custom things. And we have a store over there where you can get some cool RV miles gear, including the keep Logging those RV miles t-shirt and our popular wall Dock boom barrel t-shirt.
1: Love that t-shirt. You can
0: save 10% off over there right now with the code RV miles.
1: So go over there and get your RV miles swag. Maybe one of these days we'll do stickers.
0: Yeah. Well, we do have, we, there's a there's a sticker of, the, uh, the not wall, all. The, there's a wall docking sticker and there's a not all one less sticker.
1: Right. But I'd really like to do an RV miles sticker, a sea America yeah. and an America's national parks. Yeah. I, I know just
0: that want them for you myself. You were talking about it all day today.
1: I know that I know I've been talking about it. It's that way. I want to put them all over the trailer. So when the trailer tips, no matter which direction we're in, people will a sticker.
0: All right, we wanted to spend some time talking about how we find campgrounds.
1: We did a version of a this version
0: of this uh, a while about back. 100 episodes. Well, here's the thing.
1: We've evolved. We've evolved.
0: We've refined our process. Yeah. The number of things I'm going to recommend here is a much smaller list than I believe we recommended before. Yes, uh,
1: we've really pared down yeah. how we find campgrounds. We don't wait till the last minute so much anymore either. We used to be quite the last minute campground finders.
0: And these, these resources have evolved as well. Mm -hmm. So these are sort of the ones that I feel have gotten better and that have sort of risen to be the cream of the crop and uh, what we choose to utilize when we're looking for a campground. So most of you know that we mostly stay in public campgrounds and state parks, federal parks, Army Corps of Engineers, uh, National Forest, all that sorts of stuff.
1: We um, are due for an Army Corps of Engineer campground. Been it's a been while. a minute. It's time to go. Uh,
0: but we do stay in private parks, uh, maybe a quarter of the time. Yeah, it, it just increasing. depends.
1: On, yeah, it just really depends on yeah. where we're traveling and yeah. our workload. We can't be without service.
0: We often pick commercial campgrounds as a stopover destination. Yes, because often you can find them close to the highway, whereas state parks and the like are usually not close to the highway. So that can be really convenient. Um, So we've been doing a lot of that lately. But where do you go to actually look for a campground and figure out where to book one and how to book one? Our first stop every time is Campendium. Campendium Campendium.com. They have an app as well.
1: And that's usually our first stop when we're vetting a campground. Now we might find some campgrounds in an area and then we have questions about that campground and we go over to Campendium to to hopefully get those That's what you do. You okay.
0: <laughs> you look on you look on Google or or whatever. I use Road Trippers. You look on Road Trippers. You find one and then mm-hmm. you go look at reviews because Campendium is a review listing site. Yes, I go straight to Campendium.
1: Yeah, we have two different schools of thought yeah. on how we do it. I usually like to see big picture, mm. in the sense of like I like to see the map where yeah. we're going and where we're coming from to where we're going, and then I pick where's that middle ground. I look to see what's around there. Then I go over to Campendium and I do all of that in Road Trippers. Then I go over to Campendium and then I start vetting the campgrounds. Road road
0: Trippers is awesome for for an overview. And we plan our route with Road Trippers every time. Uh, And by the way, we have a discount code for Road Trippers Plus if you're interested. RV miles 917X and you'll get 20% off, I believe.
1: Wow, you just slid that right on yeah. in there. Look at you.
0: Go check it out. Cause we really love road trippers. It is really the best way to plan your trip that we found. But uh, Campendium, this is this is why though. Campendium's search has improved drastically. Their maps have improved drastically. And you can really get an idea of the whole area right then and there. And and the number of listings they have. I used to say I use Allstays, Campendium, RV Parky. I use all these these 17 different things right. because nobody has everything, right? Uh, Campendium, I believe, now has pretty much the largest, if not the largest, set of campgrounds listed on their website. And it's not just campgrounds. They also have boondocking locations as well. Mm-hmm. Wa- they have reviews Walmart. of Walmarts that allow you to stay or don't, uh, all that sort of stuff. Another thing that I really love about Campenium is when you go to look at one of the reviews um, they list all kinds of information is really important to us, number one being cell service
1: yeah, and they break it down by provider, which yes. is incredibly helpful and They ask people when they leave a review to inform us as to how the cell service was for them at the time of their stay. That is so crucial to me. I need to know what was better, AT&T or Verizon, because we we have both. So if one is worse, but one is good, we can go and we can stay there. But if neither. But if neither, I got to keep going.
0: The other thing I love about Campendium is really what any review site comes down to is the number of reviews that people leave. And Campendium is the one that I think has the most reviews of each campground.
1: Their reviews I trust. Yeah. In, because they're from, I feel like people who are knowledgeable or under, they're campers. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes if you go to a, a review at TripAdvisor or Yelp or something like that, and I just, it doesn't feel as though it's someone who maybe understands.
0: Yeah, what if it's somebody, if for, it's right? somebody that goes to a campground once a year, uh, that that person's review is not as useful to me.
1: Yeah, and but I think part of that is because Campendium gives you the tools to make the better review. Yeah. Like they ask the questions, they want you to answer the questions that they know other campers are going to want answers to.
0: They also they ask what size RV you stayed in, so you can because a star rating is almost meaning, meaningless to me now. Yeah, I mean if you have a one or two star rating, I'm not Ex- staying there. But I really want to read what you did like and didn't like, because yeah. some things that people care about, I don't care about. And there are other things that I care about drastically that that others don't.
1: Oh, we know. <laughs> well, for instance, <laughs> no, I'm teasing. For no, instance I
0: bathhouses, I mean, right. a lot of people never step foot in the bathhouse, so they don't care about it. And we use the bathhouse. We love bathhouses, <laughs> um, and, uh, and and I think that's something that's important to me. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to go through the reviews and actually read what people's experiences were, read the most recent ones to see if changes have happened, yeah, that sort of stuff. You get to know the surprises that might be coming up for well you. Well, now
1: speaking of reviews, you have Google reviews on here yeah. as something you use. I do not use that. I I'm really like a two trick pony. Now I'll be honest and say, I do 25% of the campground searches, unless we're going to a private campground, then I'm just like, here's the private campground <laughs> done, you know, but you do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to kind of finding and vetting places that yeah. will work for us.
0: So I would say right now the, the second website with the second most number of reviews per campground is, is actually Google and
1: that's because google runs the world
0: the google business listing so if there are only two or three reviews on campendium i might be able to find two or three more on google to get a little bit more information so i will go look on google and see the reviews there and try to read through them as well there's a lot more reviews there about state parks and and places like that.
1: Now I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we use all stays more when we're looking for boondocking space yeah, than, know. than we do for just if we're looking for a campground, I feel like all stays has really been become like the WalMarts, the cracker barrels, the, the BM, mm-hmm. BLM land.
0: So I was for the longest time using all stays mainly for that. And I gotta tell you guys, uh, I don't use All States very much anymore.
1: Oh, really? Why you got it on the list well, then?
0: Because I wanted to talk about specifically <laughs> this. Is that it's? They have to update it.
1: I was just about to it's say that's super my super dated. <laughs> I put it on my phone, and I just i i took it off recently because I didn't feel like I could use it in a way that that made sense. I felt like it was just wasting so much time on a platform that felt like it was still stuck in like 2004
0: yeah it's it's a challenge to use it is super comprehensive about the number of campgrounds and camping spots out there Uh, but i feel like the reviews have there have been fewer and fewer reviews recently on it and uh and again campendium has sort of upped their game in that search aspect because i used to go to all states because you could search like specific types of campgrounds, Army Corps mm-hmm. of Engineers in this state. Now you can do that on Campendium. And yeah, it's real convenient. So it feels I don't use like, it as much.
1: Well, that's the thing. It feels like Campendium has made a play for the All Stays crowd, and All Stays hasn't really met Campendium at their level. Like All Stays could be a really super cool platform. But it just it needs to come into the 21st century.
0: Now there is another website that is really useful for boondocking sites, and that's FreeCampsites.net.
1: You pretty much get what you're you going get to exactly yeah, what they're what's not goofing there, around,
0: and they probably have the most comprehensive listing of free camping spots out there. So they're good for finding the. The most up-to-date information about Walmart stops, about casino stops, about cracker barrels, and you can see if somebody just stayed there last night, if they were able to, or if the manager said no, that sort of stuff.
1: That's the most important thing, I think, about free campsites.net is the fact that they continuously seem to have up-to-date reviews because you know these places like the Walmarts and the Casinos their policies are constantly changing. Right. So if you're going to want to do that, it's really, really helpful to have, you know, a window within the last week or so that someone has been there. You can feel a little bit more confident that that's the way it's going to shake down for you too. Now, to me, where I start getting overwhelmed by all this, and this is why you do most of it is because when I have to start bouncing around to all these different sites and trying to piece it all together, I get really overwhelmed. Like I just want to be able to go to one place and have one place. Tell me exactly like I want a genie in a bottle and I want to tell, I want it to tell me exactly where to go. And then I want to point the truck that way. And
0: I will say that's what I used to do. Now it's like, if I know that we're going to be paying for a campground to stay at, I'm going to Campendium. If I know we're going to be boondocking somewhere. And of course it's not just Walmarts and casinos and it's, BLM land right. and, and national forest and stuff, freecampsites.net has all those secret little spots and all the details about them. So if I know that we're probably going to be doing that, I'm going to be going there first. If I know that we're going to be staying in a federal campground, however, uh, I'll go to I'll go to Campendium first, but I'm going to spend most of my time on recreation.gov. Yes, because recreation.gov is the reservation system for all of the federal campgrounds uh, or most of them, at least that are not concessionary and also some state parks and stuff. And, you know, they've recently redid recreation.gov and it's become a lot better.
1: Yeah, it's a lot easier to use. It's a, a little bit more user friendly. Um I still, though, have some frustrations with it in the way that it you pull out of one site to go into another or, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you might enter a date and then there's nothing for that date. But you don't realize that they're showing you two or three weeks in advance, like they don't make it kind of like really clear, like we're showing you when is available because you're not available on the dates you want. Yeah, And so if you're not careful and that actually happened, almost happened to us when I was trying to book at Fort Pickens, I was like, yeah, look, we got these dates and blah, blah, blah. Well, what it had done was that it had defaulted to what would be the next open date. Right.
0: Right. It, it, it does that. And I it.
1: didn't uh, it, you have to
0: pay attention. To what uh, it's Right.
1: Doing. And mm-hmm. I think that I don't like that trickery, but I don't like the shenanigans. But
0: The fact that they, I mean, it is light years beyond most private campgrounds because most private campgrounds, you can't see the length of the sites, you can't select individual sites, uh, and you can't get all these individual pieces of information about every site. On recreation.gov, that availability calendar is such a great tool for deciding where you're going to go because you can see if there's just no chance you're gonna get a national park campground or if you might be able to, you know, you, you were trying to book five days and it says they have nothing available. You can look and you can see, Oh, there are three days here and then two days there. And I can make it work. It's, it's really useful for that type of stuff.
1: I agree with you. I like being able to pick my site and also be able to see what is coming down the pipeline for this place, because then we know, well, there's no hope we got to continue on.
0: Yeah. Uh, Real quick, a couple more resources I want to mention just briefly, because w- once you find a campsite, often we're trying to figure out, especially if it's like a boondocking st- spot or if it's a national park or a federal campground that is listed at a certain size and we might be a little bit bigger, we often want to see that campsite, right? And know if we're going to fit into it. Uh, we've got this big rack on the back of our RV that we can fold up. We want to know if we're going to be have to fold that up or if the truck can park next to the trailer or in front of that trailer. So we'll use Google Earth a lot. Mm -hmm. um, Or you can just look right in Google Maps can take you to the Earth view. And that's getting better and better, too, with the the street level view. A lot of times the street level view goes right into campgrounds.
1: Yeah, they're adding more and more campgrounds Mm -hmm. to Google Earth, which is awesome.
0: And that's so nice to be able to see. Is there a tree at the back of this site? (laughs) That's really what we're looking for 90% of this time. Is there a tree there or can we overhang off the back? Yes. Um, Also a great resource. uh, And we had, we had Mark Kep on from, uh, from campgroundviews.com a a few months ago. That's a good resource as well. If you want to go see some uh, sort of walkthroughs of campgrounds and you can look and see all the individual sites, they've got photos of, Thousands and thousands of sites and thousands and thousands of campgrounds.
1: I really love that yeah. too. I, you really like to yeah. watch drive throughs yeah. of campgrounds. They have
0: like the 3D camera so you can yeah. zoom around and you can see every site. So you can see exactly what your site is and know if you're getting the best possible site or if you're going to fit in that site or not.
1: Right. Or is there a hidden, yeah. is there a hidden playground I didn't yeah. know about? And if I watch this, will I see the playground? Cause then I want to be over by the playground. Yeah.
0: It worst comes to worst, I will even Google the the campsite number. Mm-hmm. I'll just go and Google, yeah, you know Fort Pickens Campground B Loop Site Thirty Two, and see if somebody has posted online a blog post or something, yeah, somewhere. That's another cool thing about Campendium is in the individual reviews on campendium they let you link to blog posts or youtube videos Oh, that's nice so you can go in and you can see somebody's blog post about the campground or their youtube video might be walking through the campground as well and i can sometimes see campsites that way
1: i didn't know that i don't know how i've missed that addition
0: so that's sort of the resources we use if you have some resources that you use let us know i know there are others out there uh but that's This is how we. This is just how we do it. This This is is, how we do it.
1: Yeah, you don't have to do it this way. This is just how we do it. If you have other suggestions, go over and start a thread in the RV Miles Facebook group. That would be a great place to have this discussion. We could probably learn a whole lot from one another.
0: We're gonna take a break.
1: We are,
0: and then we're gonna have some
1: fresh tank, black tank,
0: tanks, some some tanks that need some dumping. Time to
1: clean the tanks.
0: We'll be right back. RV Miles is sponsored by the world's largest nonprofit RV club, FMCA. FMCA isn't just for motorhomes anymore. In 2017, FMCA members voted to welcome RVs of all types. So trailers, which are 85% of RVs out there, are now welcome to the FMCA as well. And we are FMCA members, and we're really enjoying it. And we're getting very excited about heading to the FMCA's International Convention here in Tucson in about three weeks at the end of the month.
1: Let's just hope that we are no longer pulling all nighters by the time that <laughs> comes. Sure so. Because the schedule for the convention has come out for those that are enrolled. And we are doing two seminars while we're there. So we have one on Friday afternoon and we have one on Saturday afternoon. We're doing one on boondocking. And then we're also doing another one on documenting your journey. So we're really excited to finally be able to announce those. So if you are coming to Tucson, if you've been thinking about coming to Tucson, please come to Tucson. I promise Jason's not going to get a brain infection. (laughs) We'll be there the whole time. So
0: the boondocking one is going to be sort of a beginner's boondocking. Yes. And the documenting your journey is going to be about if you're interested in blogging or podcasting or YouTubing um or any other sorts of ways that you can keep your memories.
1: Yeah. And to jump back to the boondocking really quick, that's also going to talk about how you don't have to have a tricked out rig yes. in order to boondock. That's really the goal of that particular seminar is we just wanted to talk about how we were so terrified to do it because we didn't think we had enough stuff to do it. Then, you know, we had a situation where we had to and then we realized Holy moly, this is like so easy. And then all of a sudden we're doing, you know, 10 nights outside of Zion.
0: So a lot of people ask us what what the heck happens at an FMCA convention. And it's sort of a cross between a big RV show and a whole bunch of seminars and a big old party.
1: Party. Three Dog Night is going to yeah, be I mean, here. Big band headlines.
0: There are going to be thousands of RVs there. They have individual chapters of the FMCA that have little individual gatherings. You can go to any of these dozens and dozens of seminars that are mostly on RVing, but a lot of them are on crafts or different things that you can learn to do on the road. And And, and then you can go look at the RVs. And FMCA's RV shows, their conventions, are the best RV shows if you are looking for a Class A because... You know, most RV shows that you go to across the country, the individual dealer shows, if it's not one of the really big ones, sometimes they'll have three, four, five motorhomes, five big class A's max. Sometimes they'll have one. And that's pretty much all they have at the FMCA yeah. convention. And they're really fun to see, even if you're not looking at, at buying one. So the Tucson convention happening at the end of March is the 101st FMCA convention. You can camp on the grounds for the entire event, or experience the fun for a single day. You can just get a day pass. If you don't have an RV yet, you can go and check it out. If you're in the area, you can just come and experience it and see if RVing is for you. Everyone is welcome and you do not need to be an FMCA member or even an RV owner to attend. And they're great networking events where you can meet lots of RVers and and just sort of have some friends out there on the road. Sometimes that sounds silly to me, but We have met so many friends on the road, uh, both at FMCA and just meeting people at campgrounds.
1: Oh, and the kids have been gone all day today meeting new friends here at this rally. And I have not seen Jack and Ethan in hours. They took the walkie talkies and uh, they're just somewhere here in the campground and they're with some friends and it's fantastic. I'm so happy for them. And that's what these kinds of rallies and conventions do. They just give you an opportunity to connect with like minded individuals. It's cool.
0: Speaking of this campground, let's kick off our fresh tank black tank segment. <laughs> with your black tank, which oh, is about the only negative we have about this campground so it far.
1: It is. So, it's you know, <laughs> I know. I've boxed myself in a little bit with this one. I don't like labels. So, I'm using Snowbird, and I don't mean to use it in a negative way. I have zero issue with you calling yourself that. I have zero issue with you being that. This is just the best way I know how to kind of describe what was encountered today. Uh, We're here at the rally. There's a lot of people here. There's a big campground. You know, we're all together enjoying the beautiful Tucson sunshine. And uh, some people today were very, very angry because we were having craft time uh too close to their pickleball tournament okay and i don't mind that you are frustrated you had in your mind you were going to go and do this thing and you're there with your friends and you're going to do it uh, what i mind is when you can't find a way to communicate that in a way that's not just Dripping with privilege and nasty. I've never seen grown individuals loathe a group of children so much. Like I watched these individuals loathe my children and other children today to the point. Just for existing. Just for existing to the point where I'm hearing things like, I pay to use this. Why do you have all these children here? This isn't why I came here. We're at a KOA. This is not this is not an age restricted This is KOA. this is
0: actually from what I understand one of the only campgrounds in and around Tucson that is not a 55 and older park. Right. And uh, and I don't want to put snowbirds into the 55 and no. older category, but it, there are no children at 55 and older resorts. No. So.
1: And I consider myself a snowbird because I don't want to hang out in the snow. Like I have a house that moves <laughs> around. I don't want to be in the snow. But there
0: are a lot of people here that are here for a few months at a time. Right. For a year for the winter.
1: But here's my thing. Camping has never ever, nor will it ever be a rich thing. Okay. And I mean that in the sense that camping has and always should be for everyone. Everyone should be able to enjoy a campground. It should not matter whether or not you're able to do your pickleball tournament today in the way that you wanted it. Just the fact alone that I was standing there talking to a group of moms and near what they had deemed as their table. And they did not want anyone's stuff on it, only their stuff. And I didn't know that. And someone came over and rather than asking me like, excuse me or something, so she could sit down and she had plenty of room to sit down. She pushed into me, pushed her chair out and then flopped herself down in there. And I turned and looked at her and I said, I'm so sorry. Was I in your space? And she said, you're all in my space. And I just couldn't. I couldn't understand I know, people that, that level. Get
0: angry. I, it, it it blows my mind the way it people... was beyond
1: angry. It was it was a sense of entitlement, yeah. and then throwing a temper tantrum because you weren't getting what you wanted. And the to the like the, the they had brought the KOA stuff out. They were making the KOA staff put up cones. <laughs> and then they eventually made the koa yeah, stuff it off, right. they wanted it coned off and then they were telling the kids don't cross that cone you're not allowed to cross that cone and i couldn't i hey, it,
0: snowbirds take their pickleball really seriously i don't
1: want to you know what i i'm taking i'm walking that back i don't even want to call them snowbirds because that's not fair to snowbirds, no, snowbirds just, are great these people just these just people. be these just be real grumpy people yeah. like yeah. they should have stayed up all night because then maybe they'd be feeling better You know, (laughs) I'm just saying they woke up on the wrong Uh, side of the back. I don't know about that. Yeah. So anyway, they get my black tank. I, I can't imagine that they listen to the podcast, but if for some reason they do, and you know who you are and you know who I am, I'll come talk to you. Do you want to talk about what's going on this week? So you can um, understand, I'll give you a schedule so you know how to avoid the children.
0: There are a lot of lemon trees at this camp. <laughs> Maybe they just ate a, a, a bad lemon. Turn just
1: turned lemons into lemonade. So that's my black All tank. Right, what's your fresh tank? My fresh tank this week is actually, I'm going to talk about a TV show. And I've talked a little bit about it when we did a live. I think, I don't know, last week or the week before. I am late to the party as generally goes, but I am loving the good place. I am loving
0: The Good Place. Do you remember when we went to Universal? Was it two years ago now? Yeah, it'll be two years. So we did the Backlot tour. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that was filming was The Good Place. No,
1: it was Will and Grace.
0: Oh, Will? No, It was no, no, Will no, no. and Grace.
1: Yes, it was because the woman pointed out and she's like, this is, this is where the new Will and Grace reboot Willing, is filming. Yes,
0: the, their Will and Grace films there. But the only thing that was filming oh, at the time was, okay. that we were there was the good place, and we made fun of it because we are like oh, oh, we are never going to watch that show. I know that sounds I, you dumb. know what? I Ted Danson what come
1: <laughs> on He is so good. And I am very ashamed of myself for even engaging in that kind of humor, because this show is legit, so good. The writing is phenomenal. The acting is fantastic. The storyline is crazy. And Ted Danson. I just I you know what Ted Danson I don't know what he did in in the back half of his life like what he's been up to but dude is funny and really genuine and really sincere and just very eager and I'm thoroughly enjoying it I've blown through I'm on season three I just started like two weeks ago there you go there you go I'm
0: glad you're enjoying a tv show
1: how many times have you watched the west
0: wing Jason I haven't watched The Good Place yet.
1: You no, know, because you're really, you're on like. Because are taking the West
0: Wing off of Netflix.
1: No, you're so sad. Oh. I said I'd buy it for you on DVD.
0: We don't have a DVD <laughs> player.
1: <laughs> do people even buy DVDs anymore? Is that like a thing? Yes, of course they do. Okay. I don't know. We don't All buy right. them. All right, Jay, what is your block tank this week?
0: Oh, okay. Speaking,
1: we, oh, speaking of grumpy
0: people. when we were oh, We were on that long drive from Los Angeles to here. There's a long stretch without fuel, right? There it was a 60 mile stretch. And uh, so we had to stop for fuel because we didn't want to go the 60 miles and have another incident.
1: Well, there was a sign <laughs> that says no fuel for 60 miles and right. everyone on the highway was panicking.
0: So you pay before the California, Arizona border, you pay an arm and a leg for gasoline at this gas station that's in the middle of nowhere
1: by the patent museum
0: and it has uh yeah there's all kinds of tanks
1: no it's it's the general patent museum i i didn't even know that existed Uh, i learned about it at the gas
0: station uh so pull up there into this gas station and it's kind of oddly kind of oddly laid out but i can fit in with my truck you know we've got a gas truck so we have to go to the gas pumps. though this this station didn't even have uh, a diesel truck pumps so, I I go in and I didn't even notice it. Abby notices it in front of me, and she's like, "What is going on up there?" And I've got a I've got a line of vehicles like fourteen long behind.
1: me. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Uh, of people waiting to just get into this fuel bay because right. there's only one little road in, and,
1: and you're starting to hyperventilate I'm, about it. And I'm like, "There's nothing we can do." Well, Everybody I'm waiting just has for a trailer,
0: wait. a truck, and a trailer in front of me. So there is a guy who's got the the fuel nozzle stretched over the top of a pickup truck putting it into his own pickup truck a different pickup truck uh so it's like the hose is stretched over the bed right and we're like what is going on there and what happened was that somebody fueled up and they just sat their truck there while they went inside this is this was one of the busiest gas stations i've ever been at with only like eight pumps and they they just left it there. There was somebody in the passenger seat.
1: Just sitting there on her phone. So we
0: watched this guy completely fill up and then leave. Then we pulled up and completely filled up and left. I had to do the same exact thing that he did where I had to stretch the, the hose over their vehicle. It was the weirdest thing and like hold in place because it wouldn't stay. I had to like put pressure on it to stay. <gasps> And then we left and they still had not moved their truck.
1: And to put this into even bigger context, they are parked on the end.
0: Yes, the end. one. And
1: there are a line of RVs that are basically queuing up behind us because it's one of the few pumps that anyone who's pulling something has enough of a swing space to get in fuel up and then still be able to swing out and go back around because the way you enter is the way you have to
0: exit. You're all RVers. So most of you know this, or a lot of you are most of, you know, that generally RVs and big trucks and whatever, can only get in on the ends of the right. fuel island. Or
1: perfu- uh, so it, prefer the ends. Right, so it's
0: best if you don't have to, to not use the ends, and I, I just, especially don't leave your vehicle there.
1: Look, okay, perhaps the person that <laughs> left, they didn't realize time was flying. You know, you get in there, and you're looking at all the chip options, you just don't know what to do with yourself, you know?
0: I mean, that truck was there for, we watched but, it there for 20 minutes.
1: But to sit there, yeah. in that
0: truck. I mean, she was in it, yeah. On your phone. She did look up.
1: And not even try to rectify the situation was i was And I'm like I'm not I kidding speechless. I had about
0: 12 to 14 vehicles behind me waiting to get in
1: We just be nicer human beings. Oh Why is that so hard?
0: <laughs> All right, let's finish with something fun.
1: All right, what's your fresh tank?
0: My fresh tank is uh, is Venice Beach and Los Angeles in general. Yeah. So we just left cool our, our week long in uh, a week long journey to Los Angeles. And my, my brother lives in Los Angeles and your brother does. So we visited, we stayed at your brother's house and then we visited my brother who lives on Venice beach and Venice beach was so much fun. The kids got to run up to the ocean. There's tons of sand, all kinds of wild and crazy people, amazing skateboarders, a drum circle of like 200 people.
1: Some bike light parade happened. We were there on a Sunday and on Sunday at sunset, a bike light parade happens. Jack, our oldest, just kept saying, I feel like I found where I belong, (laughs) which was 50% terrifying and like 50% adorable.
0: Now, a lot of people hate LA, right? And I think a lot of people that say they hate LA have never been there. But I gotta say, our LA this is why it makes it my fresh tank I think LA is a little more RV friendly than I thought it would be I now
1: well seeing as we've never stayed in an RV
0: (laughs) now I'm not saying that we would drive our truck (laughs) pulling the trailer now we drove through the suburbs and that was fine we
1: did we we drove into Covina for sure so
0: her brother lives in Covina there there are campgrounds right around there Mm -hmm. um there are There's plenty of outdoor space, there are mountains, there are lots of activities and there are lots of smaller campgrounds out there. If you've got a small RV though, if you've got a camper van or a small class C, Something like that. I think there are a lot of places in LA that you can park, and Venice Beach is one of them. Yeah, we we spent twenty (laughs) five dollars to park for three hours, and we really got hosed. We got hosed, and then we found out that there's this massive public parking lot that's like half the price and it's big enough for RVs to park in.
1: Yeah, we were so frustrated. We'd been driving around for too long, but I feel like LA Venice Beach, just the whole area in general, gets the same shaft that chicago gets Mm -hmm. when it comes to camping because camping in chicago is is absolutely possible you can drive on the highways in chicago trust me you can drive on the highways you can take five you can take ten you're gonna be okay you can do it
0: everybody's going 20 miles an hour anyway right right (laughs) you know
1: it's fine but i think that having come from Chicago and knowing that, you know, you can camp in there and kind of being accustomed to that. I think maybe that's why we feel more comfortable in LA or we, we didn't feel as skittish because we kind of had already dealt with camping in big urban environments. LA is super cool. Our kid loves LA. I would not be surprised if that's where Jack lands in his life. Like he just really connects with the vibe in the LA and the, in the surrounding area.
0: Yeah. Yeah, plus it's warm. Plus
1: it's warm, and that's a
0: bonus. That's my black tank.
1: And your fresh tank.
0: And my fresh tank. That was a fresh tank. That's (laughs)
1: my fresh tank. (laughs) (laughs) We need to wrap this up. You got a brain teaser for us? A
0: small group of adventurers came upon a hidden room and went inside. There was an old chest in the middle of a 20-foot by 20-foot room. The room contains only the chest. There are paintings of four animals with different scenes on the walls of the room. The floor and ceiling are made of marble stone. The room is covered slightly with dust. The paintings seem almost alive and cause the hair on the back of your neck to stand on end. There's a golden figure of a lion painted on the wall across from the door. It's standing in a field of grass. His emerald eyes seem to be staring right at the doorway. There's an obsidian snake on the wall left of the lion. The snake has ruby eyes and it appears as if it will strike at any moment. On the wall to the left of the door is a white wolf. He's hunkered down as if he was waiting for the right moment to attack. The eyes are jade and small, and he looks hungry. On the wall to the right of the door, there's an ivory dove in flight in a bright and clear sky. The dove seems peaceful. The chest is ten foot in length and five foot in width. The chest is trimmed with silver and gold and has several gemstones on it. On the top of the chest, there's some writing. It says, to open me, you need to choose. If you choose wrong, then you lose. They will come to life and make their strike. Choose me and I will not fight. I will bring peace and not strife. Which one should the adventurers choose? The lion, the snake, the dove, or the wolf? We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the rv miles podcast
1: we sure will and a big thank you to everyone for getting through this wacky wild podcast with us today we really appreciate it and i hope you know that we also really appreciate you too if you are enjoying the podcast we're going to ask again please go over to apple podcast and just tick on those five stars and leave us a comment too. We love to read the comments. I wish we could reply to them, but we can't. So if you haven't done that, please go and do that. If you have done that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It just helps get us in front of more people. If you have any questions for Jason and I, you can find us at editor at rvmiles.com or even better, come connect with us over on social media, rvmiles.com. Our Wandering Family, America's National Parks, and See America are all run by Jason and I. So if you drop a DM somewhere, you're going to get us. A great place to get us, though, is in the Facebook groups, particularly the RV Miles Facebook group. It's a super cool community of some pretty rad people. So if you have any questions, you know where to find us. If you don't, that's cool, too. Either way, Keep logging those RV miles, and we will see you next week.
0: Bye, everybody.